Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and in today's episode, we're talking all about Instagram, which is my favorite social media platform, so I'm really looking forward to this week's episode. And I have a fantastic guest joining me. Jen Herman is a globally recognized expert in Instagram marketing, the forefront blogger on Instagram marketing, an author, speaker, social media consultant, and her website, gentrends.com, is amazing. <laughs> um, Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm a fellow blogger. I'm a huge content creator, so I love this target audience. Uh, and of course, I love Instagram, so I'm excited. Perfect match. <laughs> um, what did I miss in your intro? I'm really interested to know how you got you know, so involved in Instagram. It was really a complete and utter accident, to be honest. Um, it was one of those things I had started my blog, uh, which was very social media 101. It was very kind of foundational, how to get started in social media, how to be effective, and basic uh, informational tactics and trends related to social media marketing. Uh, and at the time, I was like, okay, if I'm really going to do this, I better figure out this whole Instagram thing because I, you know, I can't not talk about it. So this was over five years ago, um, and I finally downloaded the Instagram app. I was not one of the first people on Instagram by any means. I was a late adopter in some ways. Uh, but I fell in love with the platform in terms of creating content. And I love photography. And it was very natural fit for me. But there was this huge community involvement and engagement uh, and involvement from followers and new people. And it was huge in terms of getting that new uh, engagement and getting content seen. So I was like, okay, let's figure out how people are using this as a marketing tactic. So I can and see the value in it. And really, nobody was blogging about it. No one was really teaching it at the time. And so I just took people on a journey through my blog. I was like, hey, I got a blog. I'm just going to start writing about it. And some of my old blog posts are all still on the website. Uh, if you dig far enough back, are, are kind of crazy. But I was like, hey, I tried this. This worked. I didn't find this worked as well. And it was it became very experimental. And I started to just write more and more. And next thing you knew, I was being invited on podcasts. And I was being invited for interviews. And I was being invited to do guest blog posts. And it just kind of exponentially grew over time. And it became my niche. And it works because, like I said, I do love the platform. Uh, but it was definitely not something I didn't go out there and say, I'm going to be an Instagram marketing <laughs> expert. It's but I think that's most things in life, right? We kind of, you know, follow where that trajectory takes us and, and we do things that we love and, and find ways to incorporate them and, and make it successful. Yeah. And it, I mean, it just goes to show the power of content marketing, doesn't it? Because you were just putting out lots of great content, um, you know, passionate about what you were putting out, valuable content. And there you go. People just start to find you and you get known for that. And it's all about the content, basically, isn't it? So Absolutely. Um, it was 100% content. At this point, I've written over 100 blog posts about Instagram alone wow. on my website, plus all the other topics I've written about, plus all the guest posts I've written about. And it really is content based. I am known as the world's forefront blogger on Instagram marketing. And that's got me to be able to speak and get me amazing clients, all because I started blogging five years ago about how to use Instagram. 
that's an, you know, that's just amazing. And there's always something to say about Instagram, isn't there? Because they're just always <laughs> like um, and for every things. week they change something and they update yeah. something and they release some new update or they test an update in one country and then I'm like, how do I get a hold of this? <laughs> <laughs> have you um, have you managed to um, get links in the Insta- Instagram organization Skek? Maybe early news on any updates and things like that. I don't get any early updates. I wish I did. I wish I had yeah. a secret bot on Instagram, but I don't. Um, they know me. I know they know me. Um, and sometimes I swear they do things to me on purpose. Like literally the day I go on stage at Social Media Marketing World, they release a huge change on the exact topic I'm talking about. I'm like, Instagram, you're doing this to me on purpose. I know you are. Um uh, which I don't actually don't really think they are, but it's very circumstantial. That Ironic, I yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm very lucky to work with people around the world. I actually had Chocolate Johnny over in Australia messaged me this morning because he got access to a new feature, uh, which is Insta codes, just like Snap codes or Messenger codes or QR codes, uh, which they just rolled that feature out in Australia like this week. Yeah, we've got uh, it so in the UK as well, actually. Oh, perfect. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that was the thing. It was very... Um, selective and who got it and so he was like hey I got this and you can come you know take a look at mine and and everything else that um I was like this is awesome but I wouldn't be able to see it because I don't have it um so having people reach out to me and help me in that way has been extremely helpful for me to get those new experiences for people yeah gives you that insider view doesn't it so that's really good so um, for people who are creating um, blog content, so written content onto their blogs, and they're looking at ways to then go and put that over on Instagram to reach that audience and get them to come and read the blog, what would you recommend would be some of the things they could do on Instagram? So first of all, I do it all the time. Um, I'm a blogger, obviously, first and foremost, and I share all of my new blog posts to Instagram. Um, and what I do is I actually take a screenshot of either the image for the blog post or I take some other image um, associated with the content of that blog post. I've seen people take an image uh, of the blog post up on their computer screen at their desk so it's a more organic image of their actual computer desk workspace with the blog post now on the computer screen. Uh, So some way to kind of advertise that you do have the blog post in some capacity as a visual. And then the text, I always say, a new blog post is live, capital letters, use emoji, something mm-hmm. like that. And then I give a short description of what's in the blog post, a teaser, uh, the, you know, one of the tips you're going to learn, uh, something that's going to make them want to know more. And then I always say, click on the link in my bio because that's where you need them to go in order to read it. Putting the link in there doesn't work. Um, it's not a clickable link when it's in the caption. So you have to actually go and put it in or put the call to action to click on the link in my bio. And then that link that you have in your bio actually goes to your blog page. If you go mm. to at Jens underscore trends, J-E-N-N-S underscore trends, which is mine, you'll see it goes to a link for my blog. It sends everyone directly to my blog page, so my most recent blog is always the first one on the page. Or they can scroll down and see other blog posts. Um, 
So it's a great way just to kind of be like, hey, get the notification out there that you do have the new blog post. You can do a similar thing with Instagram stories. You can do a screenshot or a short video, uh, a series of two or three posts to talk about the new blog post, what's in it, give one or two you know, tips from the post or what the key takeaway is. Uh, if you have over 10,000 followers on Instagram and you are a business profile, you actually get the swipe up link in stories, which means any story can be its own link to anything you want. So what you could do is every time you have a blog post, you put the link to that specific blog post on that story. And then anyone can just swipe up, they go right to that blog post. But on top of that, what you can then do, and I know this is like total multi-step, so I hope you guys are following along. <laughs> Once the stories are, are expired after 24 hours, they automatically go into your archive folder. But you can take anything from your archive and create a highlight, which are these little bubbles that show up on your Instagram below your profile and before all your photos. Um, and they're in whatever album you want. So you can have a whole album on there dedicated to just blog posts. And then... All of those swipeable links that you put, if you had the over 10,000 followers of the business page, then all of those become basically a catalog. So now someone can click on that highlight and they can look at all of the blog posts you've created. They can literally swipe up to read any blog post they want to read. So there's actually a lot of ways that you can take a simple blog post and repurpose it to Instagram. Yeah, I really like what you said about the stories and the highlights. I've seen so many people doing that. I do that with my podcast where I always share a little clip in Insta stories of the podcast and then always put that over in highlights. Unfortunately, I'm not um, privileged enough to have to swipe up yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> and not everybody has that. And yeah. it's not something to go out and buy followers just so you oh, have a 10,000. Yeah. Trust me, it is not worth that. Mm -hmm. But if you do have that, that is an added advantage. Even if you don't, though, like you said, you can still be doing that in your highlights and you can have, you know, a little call to action that says click on the link in my bio or go to, you know, in my case, gentstrends.com or whatever it is and give, still give people that call to action in your story that they're going to go through and take action to read that blog post because you should have given them enough of a teaser that they really do want to follow through to see it. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much, so many fun things that you can also do in stories as well, isn't there? Like you can, maybe if you have a blog post about a particular topic, you could, you could ask a poll, you could run a poll or you could um, do this. They ask me anything now, isn't there? So I, I guess you could kind of jump on and ask people to ask you anything about that blog post. And have you, have you seen that working, all of those kind of features within Insta Stories? Absolutely. I see a little bit more from the front end, meaning people like, and I actually do this a lot too, is I'll put out a question or I'll put out a poll um, and I'll ask people to give me their feedback on a topic they want me to talk about on an Instagram Live or in a blog post or in a training video. So I use that as a source to find the right content to write about. Oh, so that, brilliant. you know, the the hardest thing to do sometimes is come up with what to write about, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially when we're in our own businesses and we're like, oh my gosh, how many times can I talk about this one topic? And then 20 more people ask you for it and you go, I guess I can write about it again. <laughs> so, but you don't know unless you ask your audience. So a lot of times I use the polls and the questions as a way to get content ideas it, rather than doing feedback, but it also works for feedback. It's a great way to encourage post product or post uh, publication participation where you actually turn around and say, 
Did you like this blog post? What was your favorite takeaway? Are you excited to try this out? Would you try this new tool? Uh, or something like that where you can come back and get feedback after they've read the post to say, yes, I would do this, or no, I'm not interested in this, or I think this is a great new way to do something, or whatever the case is around the content you're creating. Oh yeah, I really like I really like that what you said about how you can use it for both as well for getting the feedback to work out the content. That's that's a fantastic idea. That's not something that I've actually done, but I'm going to start doing that now. Yay! <laughs> and and when you put out a post on Instagram, I wanted to ask you about hashtags. So especially for somebody new who's trying to reach you know a new audience for the first time. Should they use hashtags and what kind of uh, research should they do to work out what would be the best hashtags to use for themselves? So I will give a really quick overview because I could talk about hashtags alone for like an hour because <laughs> I've done it. Um, so everybody knows it's jenstrends.com is my blog, jnstrends.com. And if you just go to the website and search for Instagram hashtags, you will find multiple blog posts that outline this in way more detail. So that's a great follow-up for you guys to get more information. But basically, yes, you absolutely want to be using hashtags. You can use up to 30 per post. So the more you use, the more exposure you're going to get. If you're only using two or three, you're not going to show up in a lot of new searches. If you're using 15 or 20, you're going to show up in a lot more content searches. So more is better. It's not one of these things where you have to feel like you're being spammy. It's Instagram. This is expected. It's normal behavior. It's purely a, a growth strategy um, that is well accepted. It's not like Twitter or Facebook where when you use more than one or two or even on Facebook, if you use any people are like, oh my gosh, you're totally spamming me with your hashtags. It's not like that on Instagram. So don't be afraid to use them first and foremost. Secondly, you want to make sure they're really targeted to you, your business, your product, your service, your actual content in your imagery, and your niche and industry. So for example, if you are a florist, using hashtag flowers, that's going to have a bazillion pieces of content on it. Maybe not your best hashtag, but if you were to use hashtag San Diego florist, that's a really relevant hashtag because you're targeting your geographical area, which as a florist, you're probably serving a local community, not an online community. So you're not so worried about global exposure. You want your local exposure. So you want to find those really targeted hashtags that are specific to who you are and what you do as a blogger, as a content creator. If you're creating tutorials or training videos, or if you're creating uh, blog posts around your industry or your niche, you're going to want to use all those industry-related hashtags. Then you're going to want to use things that say things like blogger or blog or um, tutorial or you know anything like that. You can incorporate those sorts of things as well. Um, you want to use a combination of popular hashtags. So you want to use three to five popular hashtags. These are popular in the sense that they have 500,000 upwards to like about a million posts associated with them. And if you go to any hashtag search in Instagram, you go to the little um, magnifying glass icon, you start typing in a keyword or a hashtag, and then you choose the hashtag um, column. It'll show you how many posts are associated with any given hashtag, and it will show you any related hashtags. So for example, if you just started typing in hashtag blogger, it's going to tell you it has however many, you know, millions of posts associated with it. And it'll say 
all the other related hashtags that have the word blogger in it. So you can see which ones are most popular. So you want to use those three to five really popular ones, the 500,000 to about a million. You want to use three to five moderately popular. Those are in the, you know, upper tens of thousands into the, you know, 500,000 range. Then you want to use three to five super niche specific. These are ones that have less than 100,000, maybe even less than 50,000 posts. They may only have one or 2,000 posts associated with them. That's okay. They're your really niche. Meaning for me, I use things like hashtag Instagram strategy, hashtag Instagram training, hashtag Instagram marketing. Those are my super targeted niche hashtags because what happens is you have the popular ones give you an initial burst of activity as soon as you post, but within a matter of minutes, you're buried in the archives. The moderately popular keep your content for hours into days, so it's it's going to last longer in that search, so it stays active. So how this all works in the Instagram back end is Instagram looks at your content and your followers that you already have are liking your content, so that looks good. The hashtags get you new eyeballs on your content, but because you use the combination of the hashtags of the popular and moderately popular, it's staying active over time. So Instagram goes, wow, this is really good quality content that's being immediately active. It's staying active, must be relevant content. So now in the less popular ones, this really specific niche category ones, now all of a sudden Instagram goes, well, you're outperforming everybody else in this category. We're going to make you a top post. So when you're a top post in your individual niche, you're the first piece of content that somebody sees. And what happens when you're the first thing they see? They click on your content. They end up on your bio. They end up following you. They end up contacting you. It doesn't always happen, but it happens more times than not. And it's a very, very resourceful strategy to actually get... Um, the, the new followers onto your profile, clicking on your call to action buttons, clicking on your link, whatever it is, getting them to subscribe to your newsletter, all that sort of stuff. It's not the easiest thing to do. It takes some time and some strategy, but it's very, very rewarding when done well. And when you were talking about the numbers um, and you went up to the highest band was about a million. So should you not really use the hashtags that have millions then? Does that just become... Will you just get I, completely wrong? Yeah, I avoid anything over a million. Now, there are yeah. some exceptions. I, I talked to somebody recently who's in, um, I can't remember what industry she was in. I think it was like the wedding industry or something. And there was justifiable reason why she could use certain hashtags that are into the you know, the low million, like a one to two million range. There was a, a good justification for her to use it because it's just such a popular industry. But in general, when you get over a million, that's when you start getting spam bots. Yeah. That's when you start getting the, you know, the, the spam attempts and all the random comments and all the random followers. Mm -hmm. um, it's when you start getting all of the, um, the people trying to, you know, potentially steal your content, uh, yeah. which does happen. People will try to, you know, swipe your content and put it on their own because when it shows up in a really popular hashtag, that's, Really, the only things that are scouring that hashtag are automated tools. Because with just five million posts associated with a with a topic, the chances of an actual human being seeing it are slim to none. You might get one or two real eyeballs on your content at that point. Everything else is going to be 
mostly automated scrolling. So yeah. it's better off to just avoid the super, super popular ones. Yeah, uh, I find that. But, you know, you get so many spammy comments and when you start, you know, you, you put those uh, hashtags in and then it just doesn't doesn't really work very well, does it? You just get all those. and <laughs> Exactly. You're like, oh, yeah. nice post. And yeah. And it's like, it's always nice to put great pick on something that's like a depressing photo. And you're like, <laughs> really? It's like, how automated can you possibly be? <laughs> oh, it's so daft, isn't it? Sometimes I, I know that often it's people who've hired um, some kind of, you know, agency as well who say they'll grow your Instagram for you and they don't know that this, this these people are just putting on these automated, you know, following of hashtags and, you know, it's some probably some nice person who doesn't realize what's <laughs> going on with their account. <laughs> right, like, I know. Uh, yeah, like, I've seen that before where, um, people have just paid somebody to manage their Instagram. You don't actually realize they've just paid someone to run a bot on the Instagram and put all these auto comments everywhere. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and really, that does nothing for your brand, no, right? I no. mean, everyone looks at that and knows it's spam content because we're smart enough now to see how these tools work. Yeah. And, and you know it's fake engagement. And sure, you may have got more likes or you may have got more comments or you may have more followers. But really, if those people aren't clicking through and reading your blogs or watching your videos or hiring you as a consultant or buying your product or whatever it is your ultimate goal is with your content creation, if you're not getting real people, then what's the point? I don't care yeah. if you have a thousand followers or 10,000 followers. It's how often those people actually convert that matters. Oh, I completely agree with you. So I had a post recently and um, it was just in 24 hours, I had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of likes, which was really, un, you know, quite unusual. Like I think it might have got to over, well over a thousand, which is unusual for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought this is so strange. And then a, bit, a company emailed me and said, yep. hey, did you notice what happened to that post? We did that. Um, yep. And, it, you know, you looked and, and it was all these fake accounts. And they said, do you want us to do that on all of them for something per week or per yeah. month or something? And, you know, I didn't even reply. I mean, it was just so I think spammy. that's happened to almost everybody I know, including myself, where it's yeah. happened at least once. And I get so mad mm -hmm. because it completely ruins my analytics. Because yeah. now I don't know how that post actually performed organically. I don't know. And now whenever I go look at all my analytics, it's like, oh, you have this one post that has, you know, 2,000 likes and my yeah. average post gets three to 500 likes. So now it skews all of my ratings because it's like all these other ones now are considered low performing posts against this one that has 2,000. But I'm like, I didn't even want those 2,000. No. Like, oh, no. I don't want to delete the post because it's still a relevant post, but it's just, it's so infuriating that these companies take it upon themselves to quote gift you because that's what they usually say they're like we gifted you this and i'm like you didn't gift me anything you ruined my analytics like i want to come up and sue you over this <laughs> i know you feel violated don't you it's like yeah. i would not want you to do that <laughs> oh i know it's the fun and games of, of instagram but um yeah. but yeah no thanks that so many amazing tips on the hashtag so um that i really appreciate that i'm sure so many people have been making so many notes so we'll make sure we have some great show notes for all of these tips that you provided and all the links to the articles that you mentioned on your site as well um i want a, i want a big question for you so um igtv obviously fairly new um, what are your thoughts on people jumping on over there to talk about the content or repurpose content? What I guess, like, you know, you must have a pretty big opinion on IGTV. <laughs> I, 
I'm waiting to see how big IGTV gets, meaning, of course, it came out to this initial fanfare and everyone started creating content and it was this like smorgasbord of, of not good content or people just repurposing content to IGTV so they would have content on there. And then, of course, it hits the inevitable slump where people are like, eh, I'm over it. Yeah. So we're kind of in that downturn right now. This happens all the time. The same thing happened with stories and now stories are catalytic on Instagram. So I see IGTV picking back up steam and, and I know Instagram and, and Facebook owns Instagram. So between Facebook's investment and money and research and everything else, they, they don't launch something if they don't expect it to be successful. So IGTV will be successful to what point and how successful it is and how many people use it. It's still to be determined. There's still some integration things that need to be worked out. The fact that it's still kind of a standalone app, um, which isn't a bad thing, but it's not a good thing because normal you Users aren't inherently going to go over there and see that content. They kind of have to leave their normal environment to go watch IGTV. So there has to be some, some you know, better integration, which I know is coming. Um, but we'll have to kind of see. But in general, I highly encourage everyone to start at least creating content for IGTV, even if it's just one video a month. Just start yeah. creating content on the TV, on the IGTV channel for your company, which you automatically have. If you have a business profile, just go upload the or download the IGTV app onto your phone, and then you can start uploading content to it immediately. It's really simple, but you do have to have the standalone app in order to upload content. Uh, but basically, you can just create any video content you want it has to be in portrait mode the 9 by 16 you cannot shoot vertical video it will not rotate it's only to be viewed in the vertical format so it's different than what we're used to if you're creating content for YouTube or content for Facebook this is different content it's vertical video but if you could easily go in there and create these great little videos, anything from 15 seconds to 10 minutes can be uploaded via your phone, your mobile device. So create something that, you know, either is, um, you could do this one of two ways. You could turn around and create a blog post or some sort of content, and then you can talk about it in your IGTV, have a video recapping the blog post, recapping the takeaways, giving more detail on one of the points, something like that. And the great thing about IGTV is in the description, you can put any link you want, regardless of the size of your account, and that link is clickable. So you could put the link specifically to that blog post. So in that video, you say, go click on the description of this video and tap on the link to read the full blog post. So you're driving traffic. Now, the alternative way to do this is to use IGTV to create the content and then you use that and you repurpose that into a blog post. So yeah. what you do is then you write a blog post and say, to watch all of my tips, watch this IGTV video. So now in order to actually get the content, they're watching it either embedded within a blog post or tapping through to go over to your IGTV channel to watch it. Yeah, that's a really good way of trying to get your audience into the habit of going over to IGTV to watch your content, isn't it? So um, I really like that idea. Um, and I, I, I like what you said about at least maybe just once a month just to have the channel and, and start creating some content on there. And you can actually upload from desktop as well. I noticed that the you other day. You can, yeah. yes. So it's the probably the only aspect of Instagram that is actually better for desktop than mobile. Mm -hmm. um, there's way more features and functionality on the desktop version of IGTV. So if you log into your Instagram account on a desktop computer uh, or browser, you 
you can then choose your IGTV tab and you can upload content up to one hour via the desktop. You can edit your descriptions or any information on the video via desktop. You cannot edit on your phone. Once you've uploaded it via your phone, you can't do anything with it unless you are the desktop version. And then you can go in and edit any typos or add hashtags or add your clickable link or whatever you want to do. So the desktop version is much more uh, conducive to business reasons to use it. It's funny, isn't it, really? Because IGTV seems like it's been built for mobile devices because it's yep. okay. <laughs> but then they've made it more it's all desktop friendly. <laughs> I know. It makes me laugh sometimes. They're like, really, you guys? Really? Like, everyone wants desktop functionality for regular Instagram, which we don't have. You can't upload to desktop on regular Instagram. But now IGTV, which is vertical video, which is created for your video content. I'm like, but I think the reason why is because the mobile view is meant to be the nine by 16, the vertical format. They want, they want users to watch it in the vertical format on the phone, but they realize that from a business component, more businesses like to use desktop, but also it would be really hard to upload a 53 minute video on your phone. Like that would just kill your battery. It would kill your data. It would kill your, your phone to try to upload such a long video, which is why they cap it at 10 minutes for an upload via the mobile device. But they want people to be able to record the, the long form content. So I think that's why they've made it uploadable via the desktop because it's so much easier to upload those longer videos with the, the huge file size via your desktop, which functionality wise, that actually makes sense when you think about it. But I know. But practicality-wise, you kind of go, really? Like, the one thing you make desktop-friendly is the one thing that's really mobile-friendly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. It's funny, isn't it? I guess the whole thing with IGTV is it's kind of finding its feet, isn't it? And it's just evolving. And, maybe, you know, this time, maybe in six months, this time in a year, definitely, I guess we'll have it'll have different features and we'll have stronger opinions on whether it well, it's I'm sure it's going to work, isn't it? Facebook know what they're doing, so... Exactly. It, yeah. That's the thing. It's always the initial rollout. It's always yeah. the, you know, let's see where this goes. Let's see what, you know, natively happens. And I, you know, they've got research and development with, you know, 10 backup plans for yeah. how it's going to go based on user um, integration with it and how people actually start creating content and how many people are creating content and all of that associated with it. So it'll definitely be uh, an interesting development to see how, how it really builds out. Um, but I'm excited to see what they do with it and how more businesses really start using it to to create that content for their audience. Yeah, and how the how audiences can get a bit more trained in going over to it. I think as well, isn't it? Yes. And you know, that that's going to be have... the hardest thing is getting yeah. people to. We want to create the content, but do the users want to watch it? And that's yeah. going to be one of the challenges to yeah. to get the, the users integrated with it. Giving them a reason to want to basically go yeah. over there, isn't it? So it's interesting. <laughs> and uh, um, finally, the, the other kind of key feature of Instagram I wanted to just ask your opinions on is Instagram Live. So um live video uh what do, do you use that very you, you actually do use instagram live quite a lot don't you i've seen you on instagram live isn't it is i that, do yeah i, I love it yeah. um in terms of all the live platforms for me instagram has been the most successful um yeah. i use youtube live i've used facebook live 
um, I have the bigger audience and I get much more engagement on Instagram live. So for me, that just makes sense. And that's why I continue. I do a show every other Wednesday at 4.30 PM uh, Pacific time. And I go live for usually about an hour and I do kind of webinar style. It's usually some one specific topic and it's kind of like this. It's, you know, kind of podcast webinar style where it's very educational and, and one topic. Uh, but I've tried to do other platforms and I just don't get the engagement. But there's people who turn around and say, I get nothing when I do uh, Instagram live, but my Facebook lives, I get 5,000 views. I'm like, great, then use Facebook live. <laughs> um, so it really depends. But I love Instagram live. Again, it's vertical format. It's it's very interactive. My audience, especially, they start talking to themselves within the, the comments. And I'm reading all these comments while I'm trying to do a conversation. And I'm like, you guys are having like three additional conversations while we're doing this. And so it can be very uh, interactive and it can be, you know, very rewarding as a way to, you know, create additional content. Like I take all my videos and I upload them to YouTube. I reference them in blog posts where, again, it becomes uh, content that can either be embedded or referenced. So another way to generate content, I will take content that I've talked about in a blog post and I will then do that in an Instagram live. So I'll say, if you want more and you know, this make sure you go read my blog post, but tonight we're going to talk about this topic. And so I, I kind of, you know, duplicate what was in a blog post. Um, but I give it more context or go down different kind of discussions in terms of going live. Um, but really for me, the live has just been able to grow my audience to be able to get out there and, and get people to trust me as a person, not just as a, as a reading my content, but to hear me and get my inflections in my tone and understand my rants. Cause I do a number of rants when I get really excited about things on, on Instagram. And, uh, but it, it's allowed people to go, Oh my gosh, I really like this girl. And they go and they subscribe for my newsletter and they want to read all my blog posts or they sign up for consultations with me. And it's because very similar to, you know, however you want to look at content creation live is content creation. You're, you're putting yourself out there and allowing people to connect with you in a way that they now want to take action, whether it's, like I said, signing up for your newsletter, buying your product, whatever it is. So it's a hugely valuable way. Uh, and it shows that authenticity. That's the biggest thing with live video. Uh, you know, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong on live TV. <laughs> like it's things are going to fall down. You know, doorbells are going to ring. Dogs are going to bark. Kids are going to interrupt. It, you, these are things you can't control. Um, but that's why people love it because they yeah. get to see the real you stumbling over your words. It's not perfect and polished. Uh, and they, they, they appreciate that authenticity. So it's, it's really good for building that kind of brand awareness. Yeah. I think it, it like you said, it, it's a form of content, but it goes beyond content. It's actually an experience that you provide people with, isn't it? And, um, they can see the depth of your knowledge as well. Like you were saying about authenticity, if you're putting yourself live and you're asking questions and answering questions, it's the, it shows the depth and breadth of your knowledge and who you are as a person. And people love it when things go wrong anyway, don't they? So, <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like to that point, absolutely. Cause you know, you do get those, like when you've recorded a video, you don't know how much of that was read off of the script and how yeah. much do you really know? And how many takes did it take for you to say that? And mm -hmm. you know, when you're live and you have to go, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but oh, but so-and-so just chimed in and that's okay. That's how we clarify that. Or, and so you can see, they can see that you admit that you don't know something or when someone Someone asks you and you go, well, actually, and when you can give a great technical answer or a really detailed response to something and people go, oh, my gosh, like 
she didn't read that off of a script. Like she knows that, yeah. or, you know, he really understands this topic or this product or whatever it is. Then all of a sudden, you know, it totally validates you as a leader in your industry because it's not something that's overly polished and scripted and, and edited how many different ways from Sunday. So live video is, is huge. Like we you know, we were saying for that. And if so, for somebody who's listening to this episode now and they don't really use Instagram much at all, but they're now completely inspired and they just want to go and start using Instagram, what would you say would be the best um, initial stepping stone for someone just getting started on Instagram to try and get, let's say they have a blog and they just want to try and get more people people to know about the blog? What would be like the first good stepping stone for them on the platform? So the first thing I would say is, First of all, to get on Instagram as a user, not as a business. Don't try to promote anything. Just get on Instagram, start your account, and go follow others in your industry. Follow leaders that you admire. Follow celebrities. Follow your friends and family. And hang out there for a little while purely as a, as a um, content ingester, the person who's actually seeing what other people are doing and seeing other people use the links. Don't create anything for a little while. You can maybe post a couple things, but I would recommend using it as a way to understand how the platform works. Instagram is very nuanced. It's not a link drop site like Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. And you really have to understand how the platform works and how people you know, interact before you start showing up and trying to be like, Hey, come read my blog. Hey, come buy my product. Hey, yeah. come sell, you know? So if you start with that and then you really want to create a strong profile that really establishes who you are, what you do, you know, if you're a blogger, talk about the fact that you're a blogger. If you are a business that has a blog, talk about what it is your business does and, and how to, you know, see your blog and that sort of thing. And then you can start creating content around your business, around your brand, You'll notice if you go to my Instagram account, it is very educational content. I don't do a lot of personal posts. Sometimes I go two, three weeks between posts because I've realized my audience wants educational content, and that's what I focus on. And I can't create an educational post every week um, or every day for sure. So sometimes it gets spread out, and that's okay. But when you're new, you want to create a little bit more content and show that behind the scenes, show that personality, build that trust, talk about who you are and what you do. So you'll want to create a little bit more of that personal side of things uh, that people can then relate to. So you're not just pushing educational content all the time, but that people get to know who you are kind of like when you're using lives to really build that trust with you. Yeah. And I, I guess experiment with all the different features and stories live, just to yes. see what people respond to, isn't it? What do your audience like you to do? And um, Absolutely. And that's the thing where your audience is, is where you want to go. You know, if your audience uses Instagram stories, then you need to figure it out and use that. If they're not big on stories. Okay, great. But you know, you kind of need to work with that and see what your audience wants and then create the content for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could talk for so long to you about Instagram because I love Instagram as well. <laughs> and we could talk for hours, but I guess um, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to wrap up and ask you um, the biggest final question, which is um, where can people go? So we've got Jen Trends, obviously your website, put all the links to that. Um, and then obviously Instagram, is that are they your preferred places for people to go to find out more and connect with you? 
Yeah, the blog is the easiest place, jenstrends.com. Uh, I'm always Jen with two N's everywhere on the internet because I was born in 1980 with a bazillion other Jennifers, so I've always been Jen with two N's. Um, but yeah, jenstrends.com is the easiest place. It has links to all my social media profiles. It has all my blogs, my contact form, all that sort of stuff. But Instagram, um, at jens underscore trends. You can find me there. I also have a really good Facebook group. If you go to Facebook and search for Jen's Trends in social media, Media, uh, the Facebook group will show up and you can join the Facebook group. Uh, we have a, it's, it's not a huge group. I think it's about five or 600 people right now. Um, but it's very, uh, supportive. It's about all social media in general, but we actually talk a lot about Instagram when, when brand new things happen or news updates pop up. The first place I go is that Facebook group. So that's the best place to stay on top of any, you know, new features, how things are working. And everybody in the group is super helpful and will answer questions or give guidance if people, you know, have any of those kind of requests. So it's a great place to hang out and really get your feet wet. Oh, wow. That sounds great. I'm going to join that group um, straight away after this call. It sounds great. <laughs> and, and I'll put the links to everything um, in the show notes as well that you just mentioned. Um, so, well, Jen, thanks so much for coming on to the um, podcast. It's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. I really appreciate your time. And I'm sure my audience are just going to get so much out of the show as well. Thank you so much for having me. And anybody who comes by to say hi, let me know that you saw me here or heard me here uh, on this podcast so I know where you came from and I can tell Amy how amazing she is with all the referrals I get. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much, Jen. Thank you. So there you go. That was an absolutely fantastic discussion with Jen Herman. I really, really enjoyed learning all about her advice, tips, tricks for Instagram, and I hope you did too. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Content 10X podcast. As always, if you would like help with your content repurposing, then please do get in touch. We offer a fully done for you content repurposing service. So we work with you on your original pieces of content and then we turn them into lots of different formats for lots of different platforms. And we do all of the publishing as well. So you'd be pleased to know that if you are on Instagram, all of this hashtag research and everything like that is something that we would do for you as well. So if this sounds interesting, then head on over to content10x.com or email us info at content10x. You can also catch us on any or all of the social media platforms with the handle at content10x. So look forward to engaging with you over there as well. So again, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.